Fire from Farster, the podcast that talks about all the different ways you can help your print business lead the way. In each episode, we'll cover a range of topics such as the latest and greatest technologies for printers, industry trends, and knowledge that can help you run your business faster and smarter. So here we go. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Inspire podcast. Um, it's great to be back in the seat and, and talking about all things uh, print, technology and, and, and business. Um, but today uh, I'm joined by my colleague uh, Amanda Newman, Head of Marketing for Thousand. Hi Ross. Hi Amanda, thanks for joining me today. No so, yeah, so a little while back, uh, as we, we we stepped into lockdown, we we put a bit of a pause on the podcast because of other things that were happening in the world. But we had some ideas as we as we progressed through, didn't we, Amanda? As as to you know what what we could topics we could cover, and I recall we we sat down and we had an idea of doing a, a bit of a bounce back series, which That's at the time fair. seemed but seemed very uh, relevant, but. As we've progressed through, I think that's maybe been and gone, um, and, uh, and and we're in a different space now. Um, business does seem to be resuming for some people, and, and I think lots of people have offered the, the the bounce back ideas and things like that, and it, it's almost became a, a marketing cliche mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in some ways, isn't it? So you know, business is using that as a, a, a bounce back ready and things like that. And, and I think with we the have, word pivot, Ross. Pivot, pivot was a well-used word. I think, yeah, pivot, bounce back and share my screen. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps some, yeah, <laughs> some of the common phrases of the past uh, past five or six months or so. So, yeah, but so we, we were obviously talking about this and, and we thought, actually, what is it we want to, to talk about? Um, and I know that, you, you, well, both of us are um, take a lot of... Uh, enjoyment in, in reading and personal development and and just actually thought well actually it's just some books that we've read recently or read previously that have felt are very helpful and relevant to this climate but also to business in general and and, and, and personal development as well as business development and Yes, they can help now, but I think they're just as relevant any time, really. And you know, dare I say, it, as we as we're recording this at the moment, there's just headlines are starting to appear about a, a second wave and a shutdown phase rather than a lockdown they're starting to change the optics a little bit and you know as we're stepping to autumn and winter and um etc so who knows where where things will go but i just thought we well, we just thought let, let's have a a chat about some of the, the the books and the reference material that we found particular relevant uh, and helpful to, to us personally and, and and to and to businesses as well that we thought you know, let's, let's have a chat and share, see what might be helpful for the people. So for, for me, I've, I've got a couple of books that I kind of revisited. Um, one was uh, Out of the Maze by Spencer Johnson, which is the, the, the sequel to um, the, the famous Who Moved My Cheese? Oh, yeah. So Who Moved My Cheese was very much about change management and the story of two two little mice sniff and scurry and the uh, uh really it's, it's a, a beautiful story um a tale that, 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 that talks about dealing with change management and and uh and, and that 
kind of approach. But then Spencer Johnson wrote a sequel called Out of the Maze, which kind of picks up from the story and talks about really it, it more focuses on beliefs. Um, well, yeah, so we, we, I, I, I thought it's re- very relevant at the moment about um, about maybe having to change beliefs and the, the, the world changing. And, and it, I enjoyed revisiting that, actually. I found it quite helpful a, in my personal role. Is that another tale or is it? Yes, yeah, it is, Amanda. So it's 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 still a, a story about... Um, yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I think that's what makes it so easy to digest and... Um, there's some great things in there um but it, it, it's i think it's all about the, the the key thing is about getting out of the maze it is it, the power the, it's almost like getting out of the maze which is what the, where the story leads to I'm, I'm not giving any spoilers where i don't think it's like it, it's like getting out of the prison of, of old beliefs and, and it, it, so it's, it's, it's centered around change and it, it starts off with the story that the, um, the, 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 the two mice, um, uh, Hem and Hall, uh, are in the part of the maze where this cheese keeps on being delivered all the time and they're living a beautiful life. Um, every day this cheese turns up without question they stuff themselves stupid and eat the cheese and just just relax and and enjoy it uh, and then it, all of a sudden one day the cheese stops panic oh crap where's where's the cheese and so um they, they, they waited out a couple of days and the cheese still doesn't turn up and then it's just about the difference in the characters that whore uh, is one of the, the, the little mice he gets on his trainers and sets off to find new cheese and hem says i'm, I'm staying here it's just you know I'm, I'm, I'm staying it'll turn up i'm sure it will and days pass and days pass and he's all by himself and it, the cheese doesn't turn up and so it's what he, what he does to to, to to find that and he eventually comes to the realization the that he needs to do something if he doesn't find more cheese it kind of goes if they don't find more cheese it, I'll, I'll, I'll die it kind of looks at the facts of the matter which is, is, a, is a great approach and then it says I, I'm, I'm in a maze and the maze is a really it's a dangerous place it's it's full of dark corners and wind alleys and, and you know I've got to be careful about that but it was aware of, of, of that and then his other kind of fact it was like and it's up to me I'm on my own it's just me um, uh, you know uh, Hawes, Hawes moved on Sniff and Scurry have moved on it's just me and uh, I've, I've got to figure out a way to find some cheese but then as you go through the story it kind of starts to lead you know lead through the story of the different kind of old beliefs don't necessarily lead you to new cheese um, you know a, a belief is, is a thought that I trust is true and that you can change your beliefs that doesn't change you as a person um and, and you know you're not what you believe you 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 are the person who chose your beliefs and he keeps on going through this journey and as he's going through he keeps on finding little clues and messages that have been left for him and he meets another little they call him little person another mouse called hope and hope has never heard of cheese before and uh, I said, I, I, I don't know what you're on about. I, I've not got cheese, but I've got this thing, and it's an apple. 
Hems like, well, I can't eat that. I can only eat cheese. And if I don't eat cheese, I'll die. But then he tries the apple and actually realizes that it's actually quite tasty and, 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 and he doesn't die. But then, then they kind of work the way through because they've got they're still forever trying to find this the source of apples or source of cheese to keep them going. And uh, they eventually get to the end and, and it just makes you realize that you need to, to, to challenge your beliefs, basically. Mm. Um, mm. You know, so when, when your situation changes, you can carry on believing that that, that, that is true and, and, and wait and hope that it, it, it just gets back to normal yeah. or you can start to change your, 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 your beliefs. And it, I think the key message of it is kind of like a belief is, belief is a thought that you trust and it is true, but you don't have to believe everything you think. Sometimes facts are just how you see things and, and, and you've got to let go of what isn't working. Um, you can, you know, and it kind of says, if you're going to launch a new quest or a new mission, you can't do that with old baggage. And 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 I kept on looking. Yeah, this is so relevant to you know for any any business that wants to grow. But when when circumstances change massively, um, or even just in your personal life, you know, it's kind of like when when the situation changes, you've got to got to look at things differently. Maybe it kind of says you know consider the unlikely, explore the impossible, and you choose a new belief. Uh, it's quite um, relevant this year really isn't it isn't it just it, it, it's yeah. it, it, you know and 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 i didn't implore anyone to, to to get the book and and have a read of it because it it's a short read mm. um it doesn't you know it's a nice little story um and it kind of just leads you to the the there are no limits to what you can believe basically and you can do experience and enjoy a lot more than you think mm. um and yeah, it's kind of the, the whole message is about that. How they try and get out of this maze, and and then they discover that they do get out of the maze. They discover this beautiful out, outdoor world where there's bright sunlight, green grass, and there's pl- plenty of sources of apples and cheese. And they even try apples and cheese together. <laughs> um, and um, it, it, it's it, you know, the happy ending. Then it kind of realizes that that them them three facts that he kind of wrote down at the beginning that, you know, if I don't find more cheese, I'll, I'll die. Well, that wasn't true because he found apples. That the maze is, a, you know, the dangerous place and full of dark corners and a blind alley. Well, actually, it's through going down one of them dark corners and a blind alley that they actually find a way out of the maze. So, yeah. you know, and then his belief that it, it, it's up to me, I'm on my own. Well, that isn't true because he met hope and yeah. it, it, they did it as a team oh, <laughs> beautiful story so uh, yeah so um that was kind of like i really enjoyed revisiting that and it, it was quite a, a little while back when i when i, I thought i thought i'll pick that up again it's a nice little story and i think a quick read and it just makes you feel kind of actually yeah you know it, it's not giving you the answers it's not telling you what the change is or what the new belief is, but it's just making you question, you know, does it have to be this way? Could I do things differently? I think that it's quite relevant for myself from a marketing point of view at the moment as well as this year anyway, because everything seems to have changed this, this year. So I like to say that a lot of marketing 
is experimenting with different activities. And when you find something that works, you sort of you keep that plate spinning and then you go off and you're doing other experiments and then you yeah. do something else that works and then you add that to your um, collection of plates that are spinning and you just keep doing that all, all, all the time. And I think this year, all the plates have dropped for everybody in, in any industry. All yeah. the plates have dropped and you have to start again. You have to start get, finding new plates and, and plates that didn't work before and kept falling off. They might stay spinning now. Mm. The plates that very easily stayed spinning would fall off. So I think from a marketing point of view, and probably from a lot of positions in any, in any company, in any industry, you have to sort of start from scratch because so much has changed. The, the, the needs of the customers have changed. You know, market demands have changed. The way that we all live and work has changed. So I think we all have to let go of those beliefs and be prepared to try new things and, and venture into scary unknown places. Yeah. The only Definitely. way to get get through this uh, this crazy time, I think, isn't it? Be a little bit brave. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And, and I think we've seen lots of businesses do that. Um, you know, lots of good examples of print businesses that have, mm, have, 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 have found new ways and offered new products and new services and uh, you know and we've we've seen businesses as well that have um have actually faced the opposite challenge where where things have become really busy for them because of the the market they were in the, the types of customers they were serving and things um that they they've run in you know they've run in a different direction as as, as jealous as that might make some other businesses but it's it's true isn't it yeah. and so it, it has presented different challenges for different businesses and um but yeah it, it, it's it, i guess it's trying new things is has, has been keen i know that's something we've certainly we've done we've, we've tried different methods of, uh, and, and doing more webinars and uh, more online things and um, doing more things, social media. Uh, yeah. I think one of the key th- things that we've done behind all of that, though, Amanda, it is we've tried to think of our customers. Yes, I mean, obviously, we always do, Ross. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> so, it, 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 yes, it, 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 in, in the context of what challenges are they facing right now and how can we help them by, by having by knowing our customers and having conversations with them yeah i think i think um you have to don't you at times yeah. like this you have to stop worrying about things like yeah and um, leads coming in or um you know uh, landing that new big account you need to stop thinking mm. about things like that and just think how can we help our customers how can we help the industry and it's only by being like that that you'll stay engaged with people yes yeah yeah absolutely so yeah that was that was kind of my one of my key reads and and kind of that i thought was a good recommendation for people to 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 have a have pick up and have a look at i had a couple of other books as well that have kind of linked on to that about mindset and and kind of and making change and stuff and and, and getting results but what, what about you amanda what 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 have you been okay so I, yeah i've got a couple i've got one that's um a personal one about being productive and efficient and high performing and i've got one that's um more from a business point of view about marketing particularly in the current climate um but i'll start with the 
the personal one. So the, the, the book that I've referred back to quite a lot this year, this past few months particularly, um, has been High Performance Habits by All right. Richard. Um, so Brendan is a is a is a well a self-professed high performance coach. Um, is a writer as well. He's got like six books or something like that. Um, and I think the best way to describe the book is probably to just quickly summarise how he starts the book off because it's uh, the best explanation. Um, so Brendan one day got an email from one of his coaching clients. So he'd been a, a coach for for a few years, quite a few years. And he got this email from someone called Tom. Yeah. And um, whether that's his real name or not, I don't know. But um, he'd worked with him quite a bit and he'd done all the usual tests to see what his strengths and weaknesses were and you know his character, all like the Myers Briggs and you know, Clifton Strengths Finder, all of those sorts of things. Um, and apparently um, Tom loved a bit of data, so they'd like poured over all the data and they'd worked out how to play to his strengths and work up on his weaknesses. Uh, but one day, Tom sent him this email that basically said, look, you know all about me, you know what my strengths are, you know what my character's like, you know, even know my favourite colour and what animal I relate to and, and all that sort of stuff. But, but none of this is actually telling me what, what I'm, you know, if I'm going to succeed or what I need to do to progress to the next level. Um, so what I really want to know, Brendan, is what do I need to do? What do I need to do to get to the next level? You know, I don't want to know what high performers are like. I want to know what they do. Mm. And apparently that sparked off three years of research that then became this book. Um, so, it, it, you know, he found that there were some things that he thought that would have a high correlation to being a high performer. And by a high performer, um, I think he defines it as sort of being a, um, quite a bit above average for things like um, position in life, compensation, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the, you know, there were things like, so he said there was no or very low correlation with things like age, gender, intelligence, personality, strengths, creativity, years of experience, how much you earned, none of those were, in any, were, were very strongly linked to being a high performer. Um, what there was really high, strong correlation with was um, habits. It's more about sort of what you actually do rather than anything else. So I'll, I'll sort of quickly run through them very briefly, what they are, the six of them, mm -hmm. what they call the high performance habits. The six of them, so um, stop me if you want to know about them in a bit more detail, but I'll, I'll quickly whiz through them. So the first one is about seeking clarity. Right. So apparently high performers, they tend to set a vision for themselves about the type of person they want to become and what they want to achieve and what they need to do to achieve that. Um, the second high performance habit is to generate energy. High performers apparently tend to be more energetic and more positive and, you know, just sort of more physically vibrant. Yeah. Um, and uh, th there's one thing there, actually, which I thought was really um, a, a cool thing to do. And I've adopted this myself because I think it, um, it just makes you go through life being a bit more mindful and, you know, deliberate with anything that you do. Yeah. Thoughts about um, setting intentions every time you um, go through a transition. So say you come from one meeting to another meeting or you've been checking your emails and you um, 
want to start a, a project with no distractions. Yeah. So don't, don't just like leap into it and start the next thing. Just stop for a minute and just take a deep breath and just sort of release the tensions of um, before and think about you know, what is your intention for this next task that you are going to do. And he actually talked about um, how when he worked with Oprah Winfrey, she does that. She starts off every meeting by saying to everybody, what is our intention here? Yeah. So she likes to sort of... So what, what the out, outcome of the meet, that meeting yeah. is, what, what, what we're aiming for kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. I th- which I think is quite a, a powerful thing, really, isn't it? To go into mm. every aspect of your life, every activity, every meeting, every phone call, every date with your partner, thinking, you know, what, what, can I, what, what do I want to get out this? of this? Yeah, yeah. how yeah. do I... How do I be my best self in this, and what can I do to, well, to I like get that. the best outcome? Yeah. Um, so, high performance habit number three was to raise necessity, and this is just about the fact that high performance have this naturally have this sense of urgency about how important it is to excel. Um, so, you need to nurture that sense of urgency by you know, setting yourself goals and knowing why you're you're working towards these goals and reminding yourself about how important that is all the time don't take it for granted that's kind of thinking about what your big vision is what what your what your why is yes that's it and and, but setting yourself these um goals and and, um reminding yourself why it's important for those goals to achieve that vision at the end Mm. yeah um, so high performance habit number four is increased productivity. Um, and this is where you have to like really get down to the nitty gritty and you define what your outputs are. And, you know, almost like you've got your own set of KPIs where you go, well, okay, well, this sort of stuff I do is really important. And this sort of stuff isn't. So I'm going to set myself some actual like specific KPIs to measure what these, these things are, because I know that by focusing on them, and ignoring the other stuff, then my productivity is going to increase. Yeah. So, you know, have a look at your diary and just go like, mm, is that is that really necessary? Am I actually going to, you know, be productive and get stuff done doing this? Should I, or should I just ditch it? Yeah, so it's kind of like, is this, is this going to help me achieve my... My, my vision, my, my, my goals. Yeah, yeah. Is serving me? Yeah. Um, so the fifth one is about developing influence. So this is about the fact that high performers tend to um, they work on their ability to shape other people's um, beliefs and, and behaviours almost. Um, and with this, he's saying that a lot of people don't ask for what they want. They, they don't ask people to help them because generally they're scared of rejection or they think people will judge them. Um, or, you know, they just underestimate how willing people are to help yeah. That you really need to um, to work on that and, and ask for more help and ask people to get involved a little bit more and, and try and work on how much influence you've got. Um, and then the last one, very quickly, is to demonstrate courage. So he says that this is a skill; it's not something you're born with, and you just need to to um, think about what does courage mean to you and and be a bit more courageous. Um, he, he said that he advises his clients to think about. What if your future self knocked on the door? You're a much more brave, courageous, stronger future self. 
what would they say to you to advise you to be more courageous going forward? And that's what you need to focus on. So, oh, I like it. so, so those are the, the habits that you've got to try and um, practice every day. And what I really liked about it and why I came back to it was because he, he also does this planner. It's like a three month planner, a really cool, like thick A4 sturdy notebook and a diary in there. And, and yes, you, you get asked questions every morning about, you know, what it, what are your intentions for the day and what might trip you up today and how can you be on your air game today and who needs you on your air game and all that kind of stuff and mm. fill all that out and you feel really prepared for the day and then at the end of the day you answer all these questions about how you performed and you score yourself and and I just think it, it really um, at a time when people have been asked to work from home when they might not be used to it and there's yeah. lots of distractions like shall I put another load of laundry in or you know, I'll go out for a walk or I'll just go and chat to the kids or whatever. Um, sometimes we need a little bit of a helping hand to stay productive. Yeah. So that's why. I, I, um, yeah. And in fact, I, I had the book on audio book and I got, um, there was an advert on Facebook saying you can have the hardback book for free if you just pay the postage. So you can, if you search for that online, you can actually take advantage of that. It's uh, on his oh, website. I'll look at that. Um, yeah. So I got that and then, so I've got the book, hard copy of the book as well, but then I also bought that planner as well, which was, um, yeah, like twice as much as the book, but right. um, very valuable. Um, so have you, have you been using that then on a, on a regular I basis? Have, yeah. yeah, I had a little bit of a lapse for a couple of weeks and then, <laughs> and then I had a word with myself and then I got back in it. And well, it's trying to create new habits, isn't it? That's the thing. It, it, it does take it. time and effort and discipline to do, do things like that. I know I, I am... I followed a, it sounds like maybe a similar sort of thing that, that I found worked quite well. I actually heard it from a, a podcast um, that Hugh Jackman was interviewed on. Oh, yeah. And um, and he talk, talked about this thing that he does where at the beginning of the day, he writes um, he writes down statements of things that it, basically that he has done for the day. So he writes it in the past okay. tense. Mm -hmm. uh, today I have, um, you know, um, made five calls, or um, mm. you know, for him it'd be like I've, I've, I've spent an hour learning the script, or and and, and mm. he writes all these things that he has envisioned that is, is 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 completed for the day, and then at the end of the day, you go back and review it and go right, okay, did I do that, and how how did I do, mm. did, and score yourself sort of on it. So it sounds like that kind of similar, you know, yeah, I, I think you kind of setting this... yourself at the beginning and then reviewing it at the end of the day and. Yeah, that, that self-evaluation is it's not the first time that I've read somebody saying that that's what they did. I think mm. I can't actually think which um, you know businessman or author, author or book that it was, but um, it, you know there's a couple of other instances where people have said, "Oh yeah, and I come on every night and I think what could I have done better today?" and I write it down and mm. and that's how I it's, you know constantly self improve. And I always thought that's a, that's a really good idea. I should do that. I never did until yeah. I this book. It does make a difference when you write things down, though. I find as well, like you think you've got things in your head. Think, yeah. right, I need to do this, this, and this, and and that helps you. But when you, we've talked about this before in other podcasts and stuff, and but when you when you've actually committed to paper and and write mm. it down, it, it becomes more real, and, and and you kind of you become a bit more accountable to it. Um, mm. And even if you don't get everything done that you wrote down, you you then can can move it on or review why you didn't get it done. And, mm. 
you know, it's, uh, I, I, it's, uh, it sounds similar as well with that diary plan. I think it's like I like that, that idea of the intention because I, I do a lot of things in my diary where I, I block time out yeah. for specific thing. You know, an hour for emails, an hour to do like um, important tasks. Um, you know, that are key to, to, to the goals that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I've, I've set out and things. Yeah. But I like the idea of having that intention with it as well. So mm-hmm. actually. What is my intention? What is the intention of the of, of this particular time period? Yeah, it's, it's nice, nice on a personal level, you know, going mm. for a coffee with you more and more, having a a chat with your kids about something, and you know, have, having that moment to think, what do I want to get out of this? Makes it a much nicer, lovelier experience. Yeah, it's more rewarding. I can imagine. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it sounds like a really good book. I think I'll I'll, I'll look that one up. And it, and I think there were some some links there as well that um, like you say that that kind of links into the, one of the books that I read that was it, it, on based on mindset, which is um, Carol Dweck, who, uh, who who wrote a book called Mindset, and um, she kind of studies human motivation. Her and her colleagues have spent like thirty years. Um, trying to understand why people succeed or don't, and and kind of what 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 the big difference is there, um, which sounds similar to the you know the, the your book there that it's like looking at what the what the habits are of, of successful or high performing people, mm. and kind of one of the key things. Um, really that it centers around for 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 carol dweck is is that that this there's two types of mindsets you've got a fixed mindset and and a growth mindset and she covers several areas in in the book one is is kind of like on personal you know just your mindset talks about sports mindset and that's a, a big area where it's probably most known for is this this growth mindset of uh, it's not i am a natural born runner or i am a natural tennis player you know champion ten- it's i have learned this um mm. you know i've, I've learned this uh, skill and I, I keep on fine-tuning it and fine-tuning it and 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 challenging myself all the time so yeah it talks about sports it talks about relationship mindset uh, parenting mindset uh, education and and business as well that a business can can have a mindset and there's you know some some really good stories in there but it it, it all kind of centers really around this idea of, of of having a i think they call it um mind plasticity um that you you know it, it is another term for it that you can train and learn to do things when when it almost kind of says like when when you or say like an artist and you go oh wow they, they've got, they've got a gift they, they they've they've got a natural talent there mm. it's almost offensive in some ways kind of yeah. saying that to someone because what you're saying is 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 that we didn't have to work for it yeah you, you you've just been gifted that and actually you know pablo picasso and, and all you know he I, i've heard i don't know if you've ever heard the story about picasso where it, somebody asked him to do a, a drawing for him and so he, he drew something on on a, a napkin i think it was and, and then 
it, it, it said that would be you know twenty thousand pounds or something and they went it just took you two minutes to do that and he went that didn't take me two minutes to do that's 30 years of honing my craft <laughs> you know, I, I didn't just learn I've not just I've had to learn yeah. to do that I've had to spend all this time doing it that's what that that's what so if you want it it's 20,000 pounds <laughs> but I think it's a great example of anything you can you can learn it you can apply yourself to it uh, and so but it does also talk about business a business and an organization having a mindset and a lot of it comes from kind of the the the, the culture and it tells a couple of great great stories in there about um one is about ibm um ibm was just you know this giant of an organization in, in, in the US that we've all heard of, you know, providing um, hardware and PCs and, and, and stuff like that. And um, this uh, Lou, Grest, uh, Lou, Lou Gerstner, sorry, um, he he was begged and begged, to, begged and begged him to, to become the CEO of IBM because it was starting to get into some real difficulties financially. Um, it just wasn't performing. It was just taking a bit of a, 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 a a nosedive and um they were kind of at the point where they asked this guy because he'd got a bit of a track record of helping other businesses um american express and rjr and stuff and turning them around and and it's all to do with his his approach to 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 growth mindset it doesn't believe in talent Mm. you know acquiring all the best talent and stuff and it doesn't believe in in like it, it gets rid of the whole idea of elitism and things like that and it, it's about creating it created a culture where it, it, it moves away from what they call group thinking where you can have individual thoughts and the people challenge it and feel safe mm. to be able to challenge it um and it, it, it basically turns ibm around it takes over in 1993 and i think by the end of 2002 he handed it back to to, to IBM uh, and the, the shares had grown by 800%. <laughs> because, but, That's not a bad track record, is it? No, not at all. But, but the, the, the key thing that it did was it looked in, inwardly first at, at, at the business and, and, and taught the business to everybody to have this growth mindset approach um you know and um and then he then kind of focused on that and so he looked inwardly at the business took away the internal politics view and created a safe place and took away like the hierarchy and and Mm. when they if they had a problem they didn't bring all the top people in to fix it it brought the right people in to fix it so it didn't matter what place you had in the business what ranking mm-hmm. or whatever it brought the right team in to, to fix the problem rather than this elitism approach of we're, we're, we're top yeah. management we know what to do to fix this actually it's bringing the people closer to it sometimes to fix it and yeah. right mix and make sense um so that that was kind of his, his the story of, of them and then the, the other one is uh, it talks about um a lady called Anne Mulcahy uh, I don't know if I pronounced that surname right, but um, uh, she um, took over as uh, the, the CEO of Xerox, who Xerox had a similar thing, really. They, they were 
they were plunging into massive debt. Its credit rating was going. It became target of like a big SEC investigation, and its stock dropped from like seventy odd dollars or whatever down to four four dollars a share, and it was just in real trouble. And they they just lost the way that you know they were a technology leader. They were even struggling to sell their own copy machines and things like that. Um, and like she kind of sets the example of where she just went into this incredible learning mode where she got in there and she she learned 101 on accounts um she took folders and folders of information home every 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 weekend and digested and just learned everything that that she needed to know about the business and who or where to get the information from and she was very she opened all lines of communication and and just you know yeah she had to make some redundancies i think uh, as part of it but she was very compassionate about it apparently and and but she she was always focused on the morale of the people um and um kind of like doing things to help employees the, the culture of the business and creating this again this 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 mindset thing and it's it's a really good story that like within three years she she completely turned it around and the shares were back up and it was one of the you know, high performing business again and it just I think that it it kind of talks about in the the style of leadership so as a leader um, it's like are you a fixed mindset boss where you, you focus on power more than your employees' well being um, uh, or or you know, do you, are they like reaffirming the status by demeaning others, or like even holding back high-performing employees because because they threaten the boss? And this this these were like common things of these failing businesses, where the, that's what the previous leaders were doing. Or you know, there was a lot of elitism. I think one of the businesses even had like separate like floor for the high performers and you know they could only go into this particular restaurant and stuff like that and it was all centered around that they have a talent for it rather than than, than um actually you can you can learn to do these things um and and yeah kind of that, that group think approach as well that was a another key thing of like where everyone feels they have to think the same within the organization rather than actually encouraging people to come up with new ideas and to challenge things and everything and, and um so I'm, i mean i i enjoyed the book on all levels i think it, it was when 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 you read it at first you, you kind of think am i a fixed mindset person or am i a growth mindset and everybody likes to think themselves as a growth mindset but actually as you go through the book it, you start to realize that you you can be both and it's natural to be both you 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 aren't going to be growth mindset in every area of your life um you might approach one thing and you are fully growth mindset and and then another part of your life you're not or you know even just thinking i'm gonna i'm gonna take on a new hobby or something like that you might approach it in a different way and it, it but it's just that constant reminder of actually you you can it's not natural you can learn it 
and mm. if you just challenge yourself you can you can you can do anything you want to pretty much it's about putting a it put... of, um, when we we talked um in a previous episode about the book smarter faster better yeah and in there there was that section about having an internal log of control and an external log yes control and and if you've got a an internal log of control um you believe that you have the power to change anything about your life but if you've got an external one you believe that everything happens to you and you have no control over it yeah. it's, a, it's a sort of similar thing isn't it yeah absolutely it, it, it's just definitely amanda it's kind of like you know it's it's a i think you, your growth mindset it has a really great diagram at the end of the book and it, it, it is, it's like, so a, a, a fixed mindset person, like a challenges, they'll, they'll avoid challenges and like obstacle, whereas a growth mindset would, would embrace them and go, yeah, you know, yeah. I want it. when it, and like obstacles, they'll you know, hit, a, hit a brick wall, they just give up and go, a fixed mindset kind of like that, that's, it's not, it's not going to work. Whereas a, a growth mindset is like you persist in the setbacks and you know it's like you, you think about your, your kids like learning the times tables and stuff like that and they they get stuck with it and my, my son said the other day he was like oh my, my friend he got 60 out of 60 and like, why do you think that is and it's well because because he's, he's really good at maths but why is he really good at maths it's because he's practiced, he's practiced and practiced and practiced and and you could get 60 out of 60 if we practice and practice and it's like overcome the the obstacles and and, and that's the other thing, it's the effort is like fixed mindset is you you see effort as like just it's fruitless so you know it's just not worth doing whereas in a growth mindset it's like effort is is the, the path to mastery. That's really interesting because I think we're probably all guilty of um, saying, you know, in that example of your son there and saying Mm. my friend got 60 out of 60, I think probably um, unless you're aware of this, we'd all be guilty of like saying, oh, they they must be good at maths then. Yeah. And you're reinforcing that then, aren't you? Yeah. And I have just found it. It's a really good, it just helps you to reframe things all the time. Yeah. And then when you find yourself guilty of it saying, I am not good at this or i am this i am that uh, i forget the the person who said that uh, this quote but it was like be careful what you say i am because it will always it will always ca- like come to haunt you it will always catch mm-hmm. up with you and chase you yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah that's what you become so uh, and so I, I always think of that mindset of like just catching yourself sometimes and reframing it and go no it's just i haven't spent enough time on this to understand yeah. it or i haven't i haven't put enough effort in or i haven't i haven't overcome the obstacles that are in my way and and, and it, the, the other thing is on criticism as well it talks about a fixed mindset you would you can like you take criticism as, as negative feedback and it's it, 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 you don't you ignore it you mm. think you don't find it useful whereas a growth mindset is kind of like you know, well, you learn from that criticism, uh, and, and I know that it's like when, whenever me and my colleague, we often do you know demonstrations with customers, and and, and we'll do uh, discovery visits and things like that. And at the end of that, we always review it 
to afterwards to, to actually and kind of say um you know what was what was how did that go what do we think about it but we now actively encourage to criticize each other okay that's interesting you know rather than just saying yeah that was good and we like this bit and it's like okay, try and find something what that they what can what, what could we change what you know yeah. what could have we done to help that customer with the research more what you know what mm. what 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 could have we done differently um mm. and so we're we, we actively should have talked to, to about this this book and, and kind of say Let, let's try and challenge ourselves and criticize our, each other and ourselves mm. but in a, in a in a constructive way uh, yeah and then the, the the final thing that it kind of covers on is is the success of others where you know a fixed mindset you you, you feel threatened by the success of others but whereas a growth mindset you you find lessons and inspiration in the success of others you kind of look at them and go how did they get to to where they are because success leaves clues and it's kind of like if you look at so what what did they do what journey did they take or go and even ask them can i you know can i have a cup of coffee with you i'd love to know how how you did what you did Mm. Um, and quite often you find people that are really happy to to talk to you about that as well and like to share um and so kind of like looking at them as 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 that what can i learn from them and and that's kind of like your growth mindset is trying to you know embrace challenges persist in in in, in the face of setbacks see effort as a, effort as the path to mastery learn from criticism and, and find lessons from from others and the success of others and, and that is is kind of what leads you to this ever reaching ever higher higher levels of achievement Ooh. and so this is what she Carol Dweck and her team, and they did lots of experiments and studies to prove it as well, which is really cool. I like that sort of yeah, stuff, you know, yeah, where it's backed, where it's backed by different research that um, illustrates it. Um, and that was kind of like on a par with, with with high performance habits, really. That is looking at it. What what is it that determines people being successful and not? Yeah. No. Yeah, I think um, the think books on those topics are for me certainly um, just very useful at the moment because sometimes um, you know maybe your business is doing so well that you washed off your feet or yeah. maybe where you're working is a little bit quiet and it it can it bring you down a little bit sometimes and so you need to keep keep yourself motivated and and keep learning and, and yeah. keep pushing yourself as well so I I think that they're really important books like that at the moment. Mm, yeah yeah definitely definitely so so yeah that that's kind of i mean i did i did have a, another one as well the, the, the compound effect but i think we're probably running out of time for that today maybe save that for another review yeah. we, uh, that all ties in with continuous improvement and how you can make incremental changes that over time compound and compound to make to, to have a, a massive result which is yeah. very uh, relevant for um, you know, having an MIS and a, a workflow and automation and integration and you know, pretty relevant to what, what we preach and, and help our customers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we wrote a couple of uh, articles on it as well on continuous improvement and we, we've, we've done a few uh, webinars that have centered around continuous improvement as well for different sectors. And, and, it, and it is, you're right, Amanda, it is, it is very relevant. Um, could be an episode on its own that one i think so i I think so yeah there's there's a lot we can talk about there um well yeah so what about what 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 was your your other story then your other book um okay so i I think i mentioned it briefly on a another episode um that we've recorded but i have used this book 
quite a lot recently and it's um, called Building the Story Brand by Donald Miller. Um, so he, he's got a company called Story Brand, the books of the same name and I stumbled upon it actually because um, so I was involved in one of many website redevelopments that I've worked on in my career. Um, and I was once again agonising over what to write on the, the website and worrying what I had written was rubbish and never going to keep people on the page. And um, so I was looking for a bit of advice and, you know, reading on what the, the experts said. And I came across the Story Brand website because they had a bit of piece of content saying, you know, the seven things that your website should have. And, um, and, I, and I read about their approach, their framework, as they call it. And I thought, oh, that's very cool. I like that very much. Um, and what they, they basically do is, and what the book guides you through, it is, um, it, it's this framework where you create your your corporate brand story, basically. Um, so it's it, it's the story about your brand and not, you know, when you started and who the founder was and when you merged with such a company, et cetera, et cetera. It's more sort of like... Um, it helps you create this like good versus evil plot that's worthy of the big screen almost. Right. So you you um you set your customer as the hero. They're always the hero. It's never yep. yourself. And your company is the guide. And um you help the hero in their path towards either success or failure. And you have to, when you create, put all the information in this framework, you have to set out what it is that your hero wants, what their needs are, what they're, they're striving for. You have to set down what will happen if they succeed and what will happen if they fail and how you're going to help them. And then you basically use that going forward with everything, with your website, the text on your website and all your marketing communication going forward, really. Mm-hmm. And it is the, the framework, it's the principle of it. It's built on movies. So we studied like thousands and thousands of plots of movies and um, found that, that the ones that bring in the most money on the box office, the ones that, you know, really smash the, yeah. the box office, they all follow that same formula. So he uses uh, The Hunger Games as an example. Mm, so film, Katniss, yeah. yeah, Katniss, she's the, the hero. She's got Hamish, who's the guide. We know if she loses that um, loses the Hunger Games, that District Twelve will be crushed and she'll die. But we also know if she wins, she'll live and District Twelve will rejoice. And in a similar way, Star Wars. So Luke's the hero. He's got Yoda. He's in um, Yeah. If he succeeds, he'll destroy Death Star. If he yeah. fails, the rebellion's going to be crushed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every James Bond movie ever, every superhero movie ever, it all follows this same theme. And and the point is, is if you can create this story that we as humans are attracted to this type of story Mm. we crave this sort of story if we can create our brand story our corporate brand story along the same framework then people will buy into it and they'll be interested and they'll want to be part of it yeah it helps people to identify with it it does yeah so it just makes you like really think like we were talking about before really think about what the customer's wants and needs and challenges are and you know mm-hmm. what's going on in the head it's not just you know it's the, the print buyer wants to buy a print it's not yeah. just that you know what does the print buyer really want you know do, do they really want like a brochure printing or do they want to do they want to 
generate a lot of new leads so that they can reach some lead gen goals so that they can really impress the boss and you know do you know a better way of helping them do that rather mm. than just posting them some brochures out can you can you promise to help them you know show them some really cool pieces of direct mail or work with them on a campaign yeah. or, you know talk about how you've helped other people deliver campaigns that have got a great return on investment you know I, i'm not saying that that is what a print buyer wants but you know you really need to sit down and think about what's going on in their mm. head it's not just about the company that they work for and the service or product that they want to buy it's about what they as a human being want to buy yes um, you know they do say there's no b2b anymore don't they everything's b2c you know we're all we're all humans and we all have our own agenda even if you're working on behalf of a company yeah absolutely i i i think i always take note of that and it's almost on the this podcast itself like we're talking about personal there's a lot of personal development stuff here but i always think about amanda like you say that that b2c thing we are all consumers but also a, a business is made up of individuals yeah and you've got to you've got to start with yourself you know in in, in in that personal development so if you're a leader if, if you kind of of a business you know think start with yourself first and and and, and look at the inward and then that will start to shine out and same as you know if you if you if you're an employee of a business and it makes a huge difference when you when you do that um and, and so it, it just kind of sparked me there thinking that yeah that b2c I often think of it in terms of that we, we are, we're all individual consumers and, and, and how do individual consumers be, behave, how, how, what do individual people want out of life? Like we're all used to, you know, the, the Amazon experience now and, and, and yeah. you know, that, that's changed the way businesses are and, and the way people want to interact with businesses and, yeah. and things. And it's the same with, with, with people. We're all, yeah, even if you're buying on behalf of a business rather than for yourself, you still expect the things that you're used to from from a personal point of view. You expect the same sort of things like the Amazon type deliveries when you're buying on behalf of the company that you work for. Yeah, yeah, it's that customer experience, which mm -hmm. it, it, that that whole thing is that we, we've started to become accustomed to that instantaneous now, now, now. Um, that that's that's what everybody's used to in their own personal life so why wouldn't they be wanting that in business life and, and same you know i'd say same with, with kind of you, the the growth of a business if you encourage personal development and or as an individual you, you want to achieve if you, you you focus on that you will find that that great things follow mm. Exactly. I think I think the good thing about that about this is that it, you, you know your brand story can be fluid; it can mm. change. And yeah. and I, I've changed. I so we had our framework already mapped out. I, I used it in our on our website, and then March happened, and I knew that we would have to rewrite our message. So I went back to the drawing board with the framework, and and I tweaked it, and I made it um specific to the current situation and and you know it's a lot more sort of like you know we're, we're going to help you we're there for you we can we can help you be more efficient and you know we can help you prepare for battle that sort of thing and then things have started to ease off and change and, mm. and now it's a bit more it's not as um as scrappy the message if you, if you will and and so that that framework got pulled out and 
um, ripped apart and we started again and, and we tweaked the brand story again and then we changed the message on the website and and I think that I don't think that I don't I don't think there's enough companies who do make the message clear on the website I think that in general they, a lot of places that I, a lot of websites that go on I think we could cut out like 50 percent of the stuff on there mm. just really clarify um what what it is what their message is and get rid of the stuff like i've been in business for 30 years and we're the most trusted printer what, in the area what and, devices you've got and yeah exactly yeah and, uh, and speak to the customer in a really clear way and tell them how you are gonna help them survive and thrive and that's what you should be focusing on at the moment you, you know what amanda i think that there's is you're absolutely right and, and as you know in my role as a customer enrollment manager with, with Arsene. I visit a lot of uh, print businesses yeah. and, and and we kind of go in there and we do discovery visits to understand uh, more about that business and what the challenges are and, 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 and what, the, what their aspirations are and, and how we can help them um, because we want, we, that's what we want to understand. But it's always interesting that the, really, that the most successful businesses that, that we speak to tend to be the ones that are really interested to know about their customers that really focus on how they can help their customers and they they tend to be the ones that seem to be able to add more value mm. and, and seem to be more profitable and, and more yeah. you know uh, they, they just seem to experience that growth and and that, um because that's that's what they do that's what they're passionate about yeah that makes a lot of sense they they, they don't necessarily talk about the when you know the the, the ways that the, the production tools that they have you know that what type of device they've got yes that's a part of it but mm. it's it's just about what the solution is um i always notice that when, yeah. when, you, when you visit it's, it's a, really apparent is it a, a big difference in in, in businesses and in, in their approach and i say they they always tend to be the more successful ones. If you look at the websites, it ties in that they, they, they talk. They don't. They talk about being a communication specialist. Mm, yeah. Not a printer and, and, yes. and things like you know, and 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 helping not just with with print but with communicating a message. Yeah. Which is what the print buyer wants, isn't it? They don't. They not necessarily want print. They want the thing that the print is designed to get. Yeah, uh, you know, so I think of a discovery visit I did just just the other week, and, and we talked to them about their sales pro you know, sales process and uh, how how they how they put a quote together, how they price things together, and and a lot of it was based on you know we, we, we've talked before about you've got um, value based pricing or cost plus pricing and things. And, and they very much work on by understanding what the customer needs mm. and then yeah. then they price their work based on what they know about that customer what what it is that yeah. they're trying to achieve that's where they can add lots that's of value cool. and, mm. and they, they you know they said we, we, we're not the cheapest mm. we don't compared to our competitors and, and they were in quite a niche market as well there's there's not mm. you know not many in that sector really but they they, they, they don't uh, profess to be the cheapest but they still win a lot of work mm. because they get to know what the customer needs and how they can help mm. them be the hero yes. how they can guide them with their yeah. knowledge with their expertise yeah. 
I, I see what you're trying to do here. Have you thought about maybe doing this, this, and this, and maybe we mm -hmm. could we could do this on the reverse, exactly. and using because they know the technology that they've got, they, they've got their expertise, and it, it's 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 really really interesting. So I like the sound of that the story brand is it? Yeah. Yes, story brand. That's it. Yeah. I just what you said then just reminded me of that brilliant marketing phrase, which is nobody wants a quarter inch drill bit. They just want a quarter inch hole, which um, I think sums it up, doesn't it? You've got to look yeah. beyond what they're buying and look at yeah. the needs. Yes, yeah, definitely. definitely. Cool. And so the, 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 that the Donald Miller, the story brand, he does a podcast as well, doesn't he? I think he does, yeah, it's yeah. Really good. Yeah. yeah, I think I might have heard one or two, or I've heard him on an interview anyway, being interviewed. And I remember saying that he did a podcast. Cool. Well, Hopefully, I think we've, we've explored a couple of different books there that um, have relevance, yeah. and uh, I hope uh, I hope everyone who's listened to, to that has has, has, got, has taken some some key takeaways from it. And uh, you know, so we'll put on the show notes the books yeah. that we've we've uh, we've been referring to. So if you want to download a copy or listen to it on Audible or whatever, uh, please do. Or if you've already read it, it'd be great to hear uh, you know people's thoughts and comments on it as well. So yeah, thanks very much, Amanda. It's been great chatting. Thanks, Talking about things that we love, and uh, hopefully uh, everyone has enjoyed it. If you have, please please remember to rate the show and uh, and share it with other people. And if you've got any ideas on things you'd like us to cover in, in the uh, Inspire podcast, then, then uh, get in touch. We'd love to hear your ideas too. Thanks for today. <laughs>